and welcome to Art Waves, a podcast about arts and culture in small rural towns. My name is Marion Myers, and I'm curious to learn more about the arts and the impact they have on my small town of Port Perry in the rural township of Skugog, Ontario, in the traditional territory of the Mississaugas of Skugog Island. I've discovered a wide variety of passionate people creating, coaching, and connecting in my community. Today, we're talking to Melissa Rada, who wears two hats. She's the operations manager at Skugog Arts, and she's the marketing and events coordinator at the Port Perry BIA. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you. So, Melissa, how did you first get involved with Skugog Arts? Um, so, uh, going back a couple years now, um, I was leaving school and looking for work in my field, um, and I came across the job for Culture Days coordinator and a few others, marketing coordinator at Skugog Arts. I did what most people do, applied, um, had an amazing interview with yourself, and I was lucky enough to get the job as the Culture Days coordinator, which was my very first position with um, Skugog Arts. Uh, since then, I've held several different positions and titles with the organization. But that's uh, basically how I got my start. Yeah. So what what jobs have you done? So I've been the Culture Days coordinator twice now. Um, I've held the marketing coordinator title. And I was lucky enough to be a programs coordinator one year, which led to some very exciting projects. Yeah. What, what kind of projects were they? Um, well, that year I got to organize and host the Mural Marathon, which was a very new and fresh concept for Skugog Arts. Um, over three days, 52 painters painted one mural over four boards. That mural now is installed on the East Wall of Skugog Arts for the community, visitors, uh, really anyone to just take in, enjoy. And it adds to the vibrancy of our community greatly. So what was what was your process? What did you do to get that mural marathon going? Uh, well, I had to organize the people. I had to find painters in general. So just putting out a message, a call for painters um, through the marketing side of things. Um, it was basically no experience needed. So I had to get that across to ensure that we had people to do the painting. Um, and it really ranged. We got a lot of people that had no experience, even experienced muralists. Um, but yeah, I had to organize the people. Um, I had to get the word out. I had to find sponsors because we needed paint. We needed wooden boards to paint on. Uh, we needed a number of things to make it a reality. So there's um, a number of layers too. Yeah. And you got to work with the designer of the mural, John Colwell. So what was that like? What did you have to do to work with John on that? Um, well, we had to communicate quite regularly to determine what the look was going to be, um, how people were going to paint it in general, because we were inviting people with no experience at all. We wanted to make sure that they were comfortable holding a paintbrush. So we had to determine how that was possible. So we came to the decision that it'd be kind of a paint by numbers um, activity. So he had to develop actual um, designs that were numbered. We had to number the paint cans. We had to make sure that it was basically foolproof and people knew what color went where. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of communication between myself and John to make sure that it looked like what he envisioned. 
Yeah. We, you and I both went to um, Canadian Tire, who sponsored the the paint, and it was really quite comical picking out the paint chips because you and I are both going, there are so many blues in this mural, and what makes one different than the other? And that was kind of fun. Oh, yeah, it was a great time. And even um, because the colors that he had, he was using was done um, on an iPad, I believe. It was done digitally. The colors were way different in real life at a paint store. Yeah. That was definitely a challenge. It was kind of nerve-wracking too, right? Because here you were taking an artist's idea of something and then, but, you know, he didn't have the time to show up at the paint store to help. So it was like, oh yeah, interpreting some other, some artist's work. That's kind of weird. Yeah. John's a busy guy, so couldn't expect him to join us at Canadian Tire. Yeah. And so the mural is is still up on the east wall of the Scugog Art Space in Port Perry. So what describe the mural um well it's stunning uh there's some very very vibrant colors in it um there's four panels each with a different um animal so we have um a pine marten a blue jay a caribou and i know we kept calling it a blue heron and it's not it's a crane it is a crane actually (laughs) yeah so that was something that was very funny during the marathon everyone thought they it were was like painting a blue heron because there are so many blue herons on Lake Skugog, right? Yeah. So everybody assumed that's what it was. Yeah. It only made sense, but no, it is a crane, actually. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there are four individual panels. Each um, has a different animal, um, and they all have their own story of uh, being in Skugog. Yeah, and the the John worked with the cultural advisor. Matthew Stevens with the Mississaugas of Schuylkill Island First Nation, and they they between them figured out which animals to feature and and why. So where they stood in the Anishinaabe culture and so on. That was that's a pretty cool part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, what was, you know, the I, th- I thought what was most interesting about the marathon was that, that it was a real mix. Yes, we ended up with a public art installation, but it was also a fundraiser. So how did that? get worked into the whole thing. Absolutely. So the fundraiser was a major layer to the project itself. So basically, um, if you wanted to participate and be a painter, there was a minimum donation that you had to make. But with that, you got an awesome Lake Scugog um, hat from the Durham is Home collection um, that is created by Durham Tourism. Um, You got to paint and be a part of this amazing project that you can come back to year after year. Um, we still hear people out in the alley, don't we? And they're pointing at mm-hmm. it and they're saying to their friends, look, I painted that. I painted that. And you can hear them inside. For sure. About it. Yeah. I regularly have people coming into the space telling me that they brought their friends to see the mural that they painted. And they take the little info cards and I'm sure that they're sharing it with even more people to come and check yeah. it out when they're not even there. Yeah. But yeah, we um we have to, um, it was a fundraiser. We have to make a little bit money to keep our programs going. We um, offer a lot of programs to our community and doing fundraisers like the mural marathon make those possible so we ask people to make a minimum donation yeah so they so the painters made a donation and then they asked people to sponsor them right? absolutely kind of like any other marathon um, that you're running the, um, you ask your friends your family your barista to throw in a couple dollars to help you get to your goal whatever that might be we allowed people to have their goal range if they wanted to raise a thousand they could if they wanted 300 that was up to them yeah. but um yeah it was like 
a typical marathon just with paintbrushes instead of running shoes. Yeah. And then you also, you mentioned already, oh, you got sponsors for wood and paint and so on. So it was like Skugog Lumber did the wood and um, Canadian Tire, you know, gave you buckets for paint and brushes and so on. Um, but you also had a couple of other sponsors. So um, describe w those sponsors. Um, well, of course, there's Durham Tourism, who was our volunteer apparels and our painter apparel sponsor. They provided uh, Lake Scugog hats and t-shirts from the Durham's home collection. Um, Canadian Tire was our painting sponsor. They provided all the painting supplies. Without them, we couldn't have painted. Um, of, then there's Lake Scugog Lumber, who provided the wooden panels that the mural is actually painted on, also an integral part of the mural. Um, Sensational Signs installed the mural, so now everyone can go and view it. It's not just leaning against a wall. It's actually hung up. Then you had Williams and Follows, the uh, two, uh, the real estate company in town. They sponsored. They were John. Uh, they were our painter sponsor. They yeah. um, were. They made it possible huge, to have John be a part a of the project. It was a huge donation that paid for the the artist to design the mural. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Without them, uh, we couldn't have had John. Yeah. Either. Um, and then, of course, there's Nancy and Ron Compton, um, who are our main sponsors of the event. Um, and they put in a huge donation. Yes, that, absolutely. That really yeah. helped uh, start it all off and bring it forward. Yeah, bring it forward and, and get it up to it. So, what did you raise in total? Um, at this point, we have raised $23,500, and that number could move up because we are still um, we're selling postcards of each individual panel and the full mural along with coloring sheets so anyone that missed out on the mural marathon can have like a mini mural marathon at home they can send it to friends and family um anywhere same with the postcards you can send those anywhere too yeah yeah they're real <laughs> postcards yeah they're mail yes yeah. they're mailable internationally yeah so um those are the second phase of the fundraiser so from the fundraiser itself um we landed around 23 and a half yeah that's really cool yeah so, um, you know, it's quite likely that listening to this podcast, there's many people in small communities that have both paid and unpaid jobs, um, you know, more than one job like you do. You do two jobs working for Skugog Arts as doing operations manager. You do a lot. You do all the marketing and digital marketing there. And then you work for the local BIA as their marketing person. So what's that balancing act like? Um, sometimes it can be a bit of a struggle when you have multiple events and projects going on at the same time, which typically happens in the summer just because, well, we live in Canada and you can't have too many events in the winter. Um, so that balance can definitely be a struggle. But if you're able to stay on top of things, you have a project management system in place. Um, a productivity management system in place, then it's definitely not that bad. But at the end of the day, it's super satisfying it being able to help both these organizations work in the small town that I grew up in um, and help all these small businesses thrive. Yeah. It's definitely, it balances itself out the stress to the satisfying parts. Yeah, and making connections. You end up making mm. more connections, I think, by having two jobs. Absolutely. So I'm meeting um, all the local artists, and not even just local, just Durham region artists. And I'm meeting all the small business owners, even the property owners, 
there's of course overlap there. Um, I'm meeting a lot of the community even when they come into the local business center and when we host events and they come up to information booths, I definitely get to meet a lot of people in the town. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's great being able to wear both hats because very diverse. Yeah. Now describe um, the programs you took at Durham College. Okay, um, so I initially went to school for music business management. Um, I always like to say it's a no talent required program. You're not expected to be a musician. If you have an interest in music, that is probably the best uh, way to get into it. Um, but that was an amazing program. I did the three year advanced diploma um, and an internship in my final year. I took classes from live sound to networking to event management to artist management. Um, I met great people. Um, the teachers were all industry professionals, so I was receiving knowledge from people who had real life experience. Um, they were bringing in uh, speakers and other people that were still in the industry so they could give us their real life firsthand experience. Um, so I was able to leave there with a lot of really good knowledge, but also transferable skills because I was learning, like I said, event planning, which carries over to many industries, not mm -hmm. just the music industry. And you use the event planning definitely in developing Culture Days programming and so 100%, on. 100%, yes. Yeah. Uh, many of the practices I learned in my event planning classes through music business, I use every day through both positions with the BIA and Skugok Arts. Yeah, because we do have the music a strong music community here and around us and then that's a huge part of tourism so that's involves the bia creating some dynamics on the street and then it's also music that's part of culture days and all the other festivals and things we do and yeah absolutely yeah um and there was also great marketing and promo classes that definitely uh, were very, very hands-on. So when I left that program, I wasn't intimidated to go into the real world and get hands-on immediately. I didn't, I wasn't scared whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and then after music, I went back to combine kind of my love for music and my passion for the digital world. And I took digital media management, once again at Durham College. Um, that's in a graduate program. And in that program, I also got to get very, very hands-on with uh, digital programs and softwares um, that really allowed me to expand my knowledge. And so when I left that program, I was very, very ready and confident. And confident. Yeah, yeah. Even like, for instance, this podcast, you're not just organizing it, but you also did all the setup with how it would stream and where it could stream. And you, you hadn't done that before, but no. you had the confidence to know you could do it. Absolutely. And I definitely think that that comes from all the hands-on programs and classes and courses where they made us actually open our computers, make accounts, and do these things for real yeah. instead of just reading it out of a book. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's cool. Um, and so... Um, you've also organized a lot of programming for artists or that involve a lot of art practitioners. Um, you know, what kind of programs have you done that way? I guess Culture Days kind of falls into that, doesn't it? Absolutely. Um, so for Culture Days, we do get um, our member artists out to do live demonstrations or some type of hands-on activity. So that definitely involves um, our local arts practitioners and also organizations. Theatre on the Ridge has been very involved in Culture Days every time I've organized it. 
Um, but the local spinners and weavers guild. Absolutely. And- even uh, Skewark Shores Museum Village. I may have mixed up those last two words there. It's a bit of a mouthful. Yeah. Um, but for arts practitioners, uh, specifically through Skewark Arts, um, I've been able to organize workshops, um, teen, youth, adult, that um, first of all, we bring in our members to teach the classes as instructors. And then we open it up to our membership as well to take the classes so they can expand their own art repertoire and um, learn something new that they probably haven't gone hands-on with in the past. Yeah. So what's going to be unique about Culture Days for 2022? Well, I don't want to give away too much, um, but this year we got some early recognition from Ontario Culture Days. Um, So there is National Culture Days, and then each province has their own um, Culture Days board. Um, So Ontario Culture Days recognized us quite early this year because of our fantastic programming in the past, Um, and they are naming us a regional hub which comes with um, some additional marketing on their side. Um, They're going to make us a landing page on their actual website that's going to highlight our key programs um, and definitely give us a lot more visibility throughout Ontario and within our own region. Um, And I think there's, they they selected like nine or 10 hubs and we're the only small town. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, It's not too many regional hubs that got selected. And when you look at, um, the size, we are definitely the smallest, if not one of the smallest. Yeah. So it's very, very exciting. Yeah. I think definitely Skookog's the smallest of all of them. So, um, now, but how did you build it up, Melissa? Like what got it to be, um, as dominant as it is in, in the community? Um, I think the first thing I did was looked at how it was structured in the past, uh, which was kind of spread out throughout Skugog. You expected people to kind of take a tour, basically, to see all these demonstrations or um, to do an art activity, basically, or a workshop. So we decided to really just focus it um, in one location, a hub, uh, where people could kind of come and make it more of a festival where you just go to one location and you can experience all these different engaging activities and activations without having to go too far. Uh, we also focused it on one day. Uh, traditionally, Culture Days is the last weekend of September. So you get the Friday, Saturday, Sunday yeah. is typically what Yeah, you got is, a couple right? days to play with there. But we found that if we basically put it, everything on the Saturday, um, scheduled it that way, that we would definitely have more people coming out. They could make a day trip of it, a family excursion. Um, it was just a better idea to really just concentrate everything into one day and one location. Uh, and by doing that, we definitely built up awareness in the community because marketing even became easier. It wasn't as convoluted telling people to go to all these different places on all these different dates. It was come here, experience all of this at this one place. Yeah. And yet uh, now here in 2022, we're going to contradict that and we're going to say, okay, we, we, you've spent th- three years building it up as um, concentrated one day and everything. And now it's going to go, you know, beyond that because, well, during the pandemic two culture days, all of a sudden added digital, which was right up your alley, but they added all kinds of digital formatting. So you, you did some things there. For sure. Um, so my first year culture days, uh, was very, very traditional. It was just the last weekend. And I believe by my second year of coordinating culture days, we were in the midst of a pandemic. 
So to allow for some flexibility with organizers, Culture Days uh, themselves decided to expand to four weeks um, and add in virtual programming. So that definitely allowed um, organizers to build in registration, um, hold a program on multiple dates so that there wasn't a large number of people just coming on one day to see one program or take one workshop. Um, It definitely allowed for more flexibility and it looks like that they are gonna keep that structure going forward. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the past, we did play with those four weeks a little bit. We added in virtual programming, we added in weekend demonstrations um, with our monthly exhibition artists or even the spinners and weavers. Um, So we're gonna continue to do that, absolutely. Um, I would definitely like to see a lot of activity still on the one Saturday and out in the streets to bring in visitors um, and locals, of course, to experience what uh, Suag Arts offers to the community. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And so what were some of the, you did a couple of really unique things last year. What were they? Um, so I think the definitely the most fun thing that we brought to the streets was paint something. We just kept it very, very vague um, until people arrived on that day. But we had an old wreck. I say old because no one was using it anymore. It didn't look that old. It was, it had gone to the wreckers, yeah, right? Yeah. The wrecker owned it. No, it was not in use any yeah. longer. Um, so we had a wreck delivered and we had some paint left over from the mural marathon. This is um, outdoor paint. And we allowed people to freestyle. Basically, they could draw paint, whatever they wanted on the vehicle. They could just go nuts. And I think allowing people to paint something that they typically wouldn't be allowed to definitely yeah. got a lot more hands on um, yeah. on the vehicle. It definitely engaged a lot more people it, it adults really funny, children the end of the saturday when the vehicle was completely covered in paint i found a little five-year-old girl she crawled you know on her back underneath and she was like painting the underside of the car and then you saw somebody lift their kid up onto the roof to paint the roof right? absolutely they were trying to cover as much as they could if there was a spot that hadn't been painted yet it was painted by the end of the day yeah and it was fantastic i believe it actually rained pretty much as we were closing up that afternoon and nothing washed away the car sat there completely painted uh culture days across the hood um and, yeah. yeah, the flower shop that's in behind us, we painted on the, the back side of the car, flower shop and flowers and a big arrow so that people knew the flower shop was down there and that kind of thing. But then that ended up getting painted over by the end and absolutely else came yeah. out. Yeah, definitely. So this year, um, we're definitely going to bring back paint something, possibly another rack, maybe two, maybe something else. Yeah, uh, it was very, very exciting. Uh, something else we definitely did that I think engaged a lot of people and aligned perfectly with Skewer Culture was our mini fishing derby. We kind of simulated a fishing derby right um, in our laneway uh, with a mini fishing pool with water and uh, foam fishies and magnetic fishing poles. And yeah. kids could, or adults, anyone, were able and to. And adults come. did do it. Absolutely, yes. of all ages. Everybody is invited to Culture Days, so everyone's welcome. Um, we're catching fish and uh, depending on which fish you caught, uh, you would have won a wooden cutout of a fish that you would typically or you would traditionally find in Lake Sugog. Uh, they were made by John Caldwell once again. 
And then they got to paint them and take them home as their trophy. Yeah. And they painted them with polka dots or they made mm -hmm. them look like real fish. It just depended on. Yeah. Yeah. All of them were different. Um, Just fun. You got to take home an actual trophy like you really would in an actual fishing derby. Yeah. I think yeah. I think you have to repeat that one this year. I don't know. It was just really popular. <laughs> I think there's a few that will be repeated this year, and then we're just going to build on it and make it bigger yeah. and better. And yeah. yeah. And so there's, um, you know, you've got these two different jobs. And so what is it that you like the most about working with the BIA? What's the part of that that you most enjoy? Um, it's actually, it's just very satisfying working with the small businesses. I grew up in Port Perry. Um, so I've been walking these streets my entire life. I've seen these stores, um, but I didn't really know any of the business owners or any of the staff. It was kind of just passing through going to school and such, but, um, getting to know all these business owners and their lives and becoming actual friends with them has been it's really nice building those relationships and seeing them being able to thrive and keep their doors open and pay their staff is it's just super satisfying being able to be a part of that mm-hmm. and, and very fast paced right you you have to keep up with a lot of detail yes there is a very very fast paced gig um there is i like to say i have a good hundred bosses right here on queen street they're all kind of monitoring what i'm doing yeah. so it's definitely there's definitely some expectations and there is a very fast pace to it. Yeah. Yeah. You seem to take that in your stride. Um, what is it that you like about Skugog Arts? Oh my gosh. I love just spending the day surrounded by art. It's an amazing space. The space itself is just really, it's welcoming. It's calming. It's, um, it's a great space to do some work cause I am able to think clearly with all the art around me. But I, once again, I love building relationships, meeting people, uh, meeting the artists, learning about the different art types and art forms that I never really knew existed even, some of them that's happened, or just I've had no experience with or never seen. Yeah, and, and meeting writers and mm-hmm. actors and so on that are in and out of the space all the time too, mm-hmm. it's just. And also being able to engage my community in the different arts that they probably didn't even know existed. It's really, really nice to see people come in and just smile and when they see our new monthly show yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah. So, Melissa, how are people going to find out about what's going on in the BIA? What's the main way to find out about what's going on in the BIA? I always tell people the number one thing to do is to go to our website, discoverportperry.ca, and sign so up for So discoverportperry.ca. Yes, okay. that is correct. Um, and then sign up for our newsletter and also follow us on social media. Yeah. Of course. And then with Skugog Arts, it's skugogarts.ca. Yes. Um, if you want to know everything that's happening at the Skugog Arts space, our monthly exhibitions, upcoming workshops, any programs or events that are coming up this summer, uh, once again, go to our website, skugogarts.ca, sign up for our newsletter. We share everything. And of course, follow us on social media. Yeah. And then what's next for Melissa Rada? Um, You've been working away at some other project. Tell us about your, you know, Come on, share I always, the personal project. I always have like a little side hustle going on. It's important to keep yourself learning, always be learning. Um, and for myself, I am trying to start my own side business, um, Radar Digital Marketing. Um, 
that will allow me to expand on my skills and help all these small businesses on Queen Street, but more um, individually and work specifically with them rather than driving people to the full downtown, drive people directly to their stores. Um, and so um, name your the, new, the URL of your new website. It's not exactly ready yet, um, but that's okay. It will be radardigital.ca. Radardigital.ca. That's yes. that's really cool. Yes, and you will have all kinds of social media going once you get get going. So absolutely, yes, of course, can't leave that out. Yeah, and anybody listening who wants ideas for um, marketing in small business, they're going to find it there um, too. So that's really cool for people to follow up with you on that. Yeah, absolutely. Follow RadarDigital.ca on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, cool. I'd appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Chi Megwetch, to our audience for spending time with us today. And thanks to The Wanted for their song, Before the Fall, and the Ontario Trillium Foundation for the grant that got this done. So visit scugogarts.ca, as we've mentioned a few times, to get the scoop on what we're up to and hit subscribe to join us every Tuesday for an episode of Art Waves. Mm-hmm.